and gentlemen, hello, hello, welcome to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Pulp, in the house. That's right, y'all. Hey, how you doing out there? I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. Oh, yeah, it's Monday. Aren't you glad you're here? <laughs> I know I'm glad I'm here, that's for sure. All right, so we have a... Um, Whew, we have a good show planned for you today. I don't know where we're going to go and what we really going to talk about. I'm just going to put some stuff out there. But, of course, if you have something else on your mind, hey, well, you can we can talk about it. That's not an issue. Also, if you want to be a part of the show, um, I would love to hear what, what you have on your mind. One thing I do is call me, 347-838-8622. You can also email me, ericletstalk at gmail.com. Don't forget our chat room at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. All right, and there's the website for the show at uh, ericletstalk.com. So those are all the ways you can um, be a part of the show, and we really want to hear what you have to say. That we do. We want to hear exactly what you have to say. Because conversation is good. It is. Conversation is good. No, I'm changing. Conversation is great. (laughs) It's not just good. It's great. Yeah. So anyway, this past weekend, man, I tell you, there was a lot going on this weekend. We had debates and we had primaries going on. And, uh, yeah. Nancy Reagan died. I know I better say that because somebody get mad. Mr. Talk, you didn't mention Nancy Reagan. Okay, so I mentioned her. She died. Okay, so her and now her and Ronnie are together. Woohoo! Yay! All right. So I mentioned it. <laughs> All right, we got a song of the day for you, as always. And uh, hey, we have a lot. We got we got some good stuff for you. All right, so let's see what we're we gonna talk about first before we get to the song of the day. Um, there was a knife found on OJ Simpson's property. I, I didn't realize they were, had torn down the house, but apparently, while they, some um, construction worker was tearing down the house, they found a knife that was buried. And uh, well. LAPD said they are going to test it for blood to see if it has, you know, has anything to do with the murders, Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman. Okay. With, with, with everything that's going on, do we really care at this point about uh, that case at all? Do we really care? He's already in prison. I mean, <laughs> do we really care? Some Maybe some of y'all, but the majority of us, we could care less right about now. You know, if he did, he didn't. Hey, he still got his due because he's still behind bars, okay? So whether the knife has anything on it. You know, and, and the funny part about it, the, the construction worker that found it, he started laughing. He says much ado about nothing. I mean, what, what's the purpose of it? And Why? Why? <laughs> and I have to agree with him on that. I really do. So, anyway, just thought I'd bring it up so y'all would know. Um, last night, you know, they had uh, a Democratic debate between Hillary and Bernie. And I watched it, and it was quite enlightening, 
for the sake of the least. <laughs> oh, you know, you didn't have all the name calling and the craziness that you have on um uh, uh you had on the Republican side the side debate. But it was it was very interesting. Of course they were doing it from Michigan. Um so you know the biggest things were uh the lead in the water and the economy of Detroit. And it was very interesting that some of the, the answers and questions, because apparently they had the audience submit questions, and the certain questions were picked out, and the people who picked wrote questions were given a chance to ask. And they had Don Lemon on the side asking some questions also, <laughs> which is interesting. Cause it seemed like the only thing he was asking, well, anyway, this is my take from it in a quick nutshell. We, if you want to go a little deeper, we can. Um, Bernie was making a, a lot of sense last night. He really was. Uh, you know, he 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 steady pounding on on Hillary about the Wall Street bailouts, the Wall Street bailouts, and it is crazy because Hillary keeps countering with, "Well, you voted against the auto workers." Um, I mean, bailing out the, you know, auto industry. Well, he did vote against it, all right? However, he both voted against, he was for it until, duh, as they always do, um, some politicians decided to add a, a rider to it that um, bailed out Wall Street as well. And that's when Bernie Sanders voted against it. So, Oh no! Just sitting there listening, you would think, okay, well, he voted against bailing out auto industry, but it's more to it, and that's that's some of the things you have to get into. But yeah, you know, once they attach that 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 rider to it to um, also bail out the banks, big banks. Bernie Bernie said no, and there is a actual video of him giving his his um speech, um saying no. On YouTube, if you want to go watch it, about 17 minutes long. Um, it's there, so you can see. But Hillary was slick. You know, I, I, you could tell Hillary has been around a long time because anytime she answered anything, anytime she answered anything, she made sure she used certain key words that, that would resonate with whoever was listening, like minorities, women, my husband's presidency. The NAACP, church, any city. Uh, she used black, Latino. She even used Trayvon Martin and Sandra Bland. I mean, she was using all all of the, the key words that are necessary. <laughs> you know, and I, I just find that just crazy. But that's how they do it. That's how they keep your attention. Um, you know, and... One white lady got up there and asked her, asked her, do you go to church? Do you pray? And who do you pray for? And normally, I would say, well, that, but this was a very, very interesting question. Because I think, number one, it caught Hillary by surprise. Number two, Hillary actually stood there, and you could look at her for a moment and realize that, she had no idea of how to answer this question. Of course, she tapped the answer way through it, but it, it was very interesting at that that question. 
I thought it was a very good question. I really did. Uh, let's see what else snapshot from last night. As I mentioned before, Don Lemon, you know, he was sitting over there and he had certain specific black questions, as you want to say, about the African American community. And uh, and there was another one, a good question that was asked: Why should African Americans trust any of them? Now that was the good question. You know, and of course, you know, Hillary, Hillary went on with the with the um the keyword thing, once again tap dancing through the question. So those are some of the questions. I mean, the 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 debate in a quick snapshot. It was very interesting, though. Um, you know, Bernie has some good ideas. Um, Hillary, she's still running. Uh, how can I put it? She's still running. Orange Bill's credibility within the African American community. That's what she's doing. And, you know, any chance she gets to throw that up, she shall. She shall. So, interesting. Interesting, to say the least. All right, so that's it for now. Uh, we're going to go on and get the song of the day out of the way. Then we're going to come back and continue the show. Um, I hope you enjoy. Here she is, Evelyn Champagne King and Shane.
All right, welcome back to the show. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. <laughs> that was Miss Evelyn Champagne King and Shane. That's right, man. I'm telling you, you're listening to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk. You want to be a part of the show? No problem. Three four seven eight three eight eight six two two. Email me, Eric Talk at Gmail dot com. And don't forget uh, our chat room, www dot blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. All right. Those are all the ways you can be a part of the show. And I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. All right. So, ah, I have said enough. So let me bring my man in, Sergeant Ars, Mr. Joe in the house. What's going on, Joe? How you doing today, sir? Hey, Eric. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. <laughs> you know what I wanted to talk about? I wanted to What's talk that? about the, the, um, the knife that they found. I think okay. um, it potentially has a lot of importance. Now, the, the knife, if, 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 for example, it has blood of people that they didn't suspect during the trial, that could mean that somebody else besides OJ did it. I was never convinced that he, that he did it. 90% sure, but not 100. So that knife is important. Plus, did you um, did you read about the fact that um, the construction worker gave it to a cop? I, mean, I think it was a retired cop. He kept mm-hmm. it for over a year. Then yeah. he wanted to look up the file to find out what the um, file number was that he he could engrave it. What a fucking asshole! <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Jesus, he's a cop. I uh, know somebody else. Yeah, but he is a cop. So, I mean, what does that say, though? It says he's a schmuck. You know what it also says? It says the LAPD um, has revenge on its mind. They always were after OJ, right? They finally got him with that, that, um, you know, possession of weapons going after his own stuff. I don't think he should have been convicted, by the way, of that. So they have a long memory. They got him behind bars. And they didn't give up, you know, if somebody confessed to the crime with a, um, with a video, they wouldn't want to see it, and they wouldn't want to present it to the public. Mm-hmm. That's what it says but, to me I about, mean, uh, about it. But do you really think they, there's a chance that there's anything on that night? I mean, it's been buried for so long. Well, yeah, it's been degraded, but at the same time, you know, just where he was. You said it was, I think they, the guy found it on the carpeting or something. Yeah, I mean, it's been since, what, 94? It's been 22 years, but that doesn't mean that it's been exposed to the to the elements to the degree that the elements would degrade everything and wash everything away. All you need are just a few specks of DNA, okay? So if they yeah. found DNA that didn't belong to, I forgot her name. I know one of them was uh, Nicole... The other one was Goodman, and it was O.J. Um, So if they find blood or DNA that didn't belong to those three, they have another suspect. Uh, And it's important. Yeah, that's true. It's very important. Yeah, but but, mm -hmm. I I was going to say, I understand that, but do you think anyone would really want to touch that case right there? It doesn't matter if they want to. Um, in America, what you're supposed to do, you're supposed to find out the facts, especially about something as important as a murder case. If I was on trial, right, I would want the um, the police department, regardless of what city I would be in, 
to investigate all possibilities to find out um, who did it. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't matter to them, but it matters to me in terms of judicial and legal procedure. It matters to me as a citizen to, to have confidence in the police department for them to go all out to prove a citizen is either innocent or guilty based on facts, not on speculation. Hmm. Okay. Well, can you hear me okay? I guess, I'm speaking, I'm speaking yeah, to I can you. Yeah, I hear you fine. You can hear me? Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I can hear you fine. Um, you know, that, that that's interesting, uh, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I don't know if anybody really want to touch that. Even if there comes up with, a, a, as you say, somebody else's blood, I don't think they want to touch it right now. I, I really don't. They don't. But I think they're still... Yeah. They'll probably say, okay, we got him in, in, you know, behind bars. Let's just leave it there. You it's know, because if them. anything, it, it, it's not up to them? No, it's not up to them to decide whether or not evidence is going to be pursued by them. If they come across new evidence, it's their duty. It's not up to them to be capricious about it and say, well, you know, it's been 20 years. Let's just put this behind, uh, let's just put this behind us. No. A man, even though, now remember, when a person's um, acquitted, he's found not guilty. That doesn't mean he's the same as innocent. It just means the lawyer, one set of lawyers did a better job than the other set of lawyers. Doesn't mean he's innocent. Right. But if they found DNA, which actually pointed to somebody who did have a motive for killing Nicole Brown, now what happens? He could be found actually innocent. And if he's innocent in the eyes of America, now, if you were ostracized, right, for a crime that you didn't do, but actually, you know, you got off because you paid a couple million dollars, wouldn't it be better for you to realize that if you're found innocent in the eyes of America, you could finally walk into a um, a store, a movie theater, a concert, without people looking at you and saying, he should have been, uh, he should have been, uh, he should have been given the chair. People would come up to you and say, you know what? I'm glad you were found innocent. As opposed to people looking at you and giving you the finger. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I guess you got a point there, Joe. I can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. Mm, but I, you know, I don't think. Anything that happen with that, though. Hey, whoa. That's the way I would want it. (laughs) Yeah, in a perfect world, right? Yeah. But wouldn't that be considered, like, circumstantial evidence, though? Uh, Yeah, but you know how many, you know, I think if the stats are correct, if my memory serves me right, 90% of uh, cases involving um, felonies and and murders, 90% of those cases are... Uh, convicted based upon circumstantial evidence. Mm, yeah. True that. <laughs> what else is on the okay. agenda? On the agenda? Yeah, what else is I mean, on we really don't have... Topic? They really don't have any topics, per se. You know, it was kind of a quiet, quiet weekend mm-hmm. for the most part. You know, nothing... That stood out to me, anyway, that I could find. You know, mm. uh, well, Supreme you Court. Huh? But go ahead. 
What do you think about is Trump wins the uh, the primary and Hillary wins the primary? What do you think? What kind of circus would that be if they if they had to against each other? Who? Trump and Hillary. Well, (laughs) you know what? That would be interesting, um, being that Trump has contributed to their her campaign before. Right. Uh, they are. They you know have been known said to be friends. Mm-hmm. So that would be an interest. That would be very interesting. You know, oh, I, I think what would make it interesting is Trump, because Trump yeah. is a wild card. You never know what's gonna come out of his mouth. You know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, he may divulge some stuff that we never knew knew about. Oh yeah. Well, see, she's a professional politician. She's smooth, but in order, yeah, I don't know how if if she continued with her polished and smooth demeanor, if she would be able to uh, counter Trump enough to win the election. She would probably have to act like a um, uh, like a rag caught in the corner. She would probably have to come out swinging against Trump, and that would be interesting to find out because she could lose it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh man, that would be um, very interesting. That that would be very interesting to say the least. Oh yeah. Oh man, it, and actually, it, I think Trump could beat her. Oh yeah, I think he would. I mean, I think he could. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It would be tight. You know why? Because of course. This is the year of the woman. If she gets a nomination, Jesus Christ, all the all the women would say. Well, you know what? Now it's our turn. And we have to have a representative of the female gender in the White House. Well, you know, that's, you know, honestly, that's who she's playing up to anyway, especially the African-American women. That's who she's playing up to. That's how she yeah. been the part of her, of her, um, her primaries in the South. Believe it or not, African American women have been turning out to vote for. Yeah, well, that's and, true. Even though um, yeah. Sanders has been pandering, you know, to uh, the blacks, he's not winning. Uh, he's not winning their votes, at least right now, compared to Hillary. With Sanders, with, with Bernie Sanders, it's the image problem. You know what I mean? It's the image problem. When most blacks see Bernie stand up there as an old white man. You know, um, with old, old, uh, like I said, ideas. You know what I mean? As in, uh, he's an old white man. He's the old white man. First thing you think about is racism and things of that nature. So, you know, it's just the perception that he has. You know, and when you see, when you see his his uh, following or the uh, or the, the primaries that he's winning, the majority of them are white. You know, white. You know, white state. So it's interesting. Yeah. Bernie has image. He has an image problem, and, and well, that's, that's what's hurt yeah. him. How do you think? Because he has two images. He has that that old man, old guard image, but he also has um, the image of he's representing socialism, which is appealing to mm-hmm. a lot of African Americans too. So right. one counters right. one counters the other. Which do you think would win out in the end? Huh. Well, 
being that we are a, a site first society, the old man. Oh, you think so? You think that would be the, yeah? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I don't. You know, uh, I I I couldn't you know, understand it, how we got this far you know, anyway. Was, cause, hmm? I mean, don't get it wrong. Bernie has some very good ideas. He really does. You know, I sat and listened to him. I'm like, now if I was to vote, I would vote for Bernie personally. I would. However, uh-huh. <laughs> however, you know, a lot of um, the African American community. Another issue he has is no one has ever heard of him until now. So basically, he's being viewed as the newcomer compared to Hillary as the name you know. Yeah, that's true. Because Hillary's been working this angle for years. You know? Yeah, for years. For, for years. years. I mean, she's been pandering mm-hmm. to African Americans. I don't know if she's been pandering to the Hispanics as much, but she's a pure politician. Well, so is he. And um, I don't know. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this: When she was campaigning against Obama back in 2008, I thought that mm-hmm. she was the chosen one. I thought that she was going to beat him. Then all of a sudden, there was a secret meeting between those two. It was a secret meeting that was held on uh, his plane, and the, and it was without the press. There was one night where he and she were supposed to get together with the press. But they avoided the press. They went on a private plane. And after that, she started. She dropped out and started campaigning for him. I'm wondering if they made a deal that if he got to be president this time around, he would throw his support to her um, this time around. You know, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Joe, because you know what the interesting part about it is? He hasn't came, come out and endorsed her yet, though. I know. He has. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know, it, it, you know, is he waiting until she actually receives the nomination or what? But he hasn't come out and endorsed her yet. So if that was the plan, <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, if he's holding up his bar, part of it. But that that is it. I, I would like to have been a fly on the wall during that meeting, though. Oh, yeah. Me too, because I mean, I think everybody realized, at least the feeling that I got was that she wanted to be president ever since she was the first lady. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, you've seen the movie, I mean, the TV series House of Cards, where uh, Kevin Spacey plays the president and Robin Wright plays the vice, plays the, uh, the wife. She always wanted to be president. So I'm thinking... When Hillary got to to the White House, and after she was campaigning for Bill, was her plan overall, let me get my husband in there. When his term is up, I'll become credible. I'll gain some credibility by some job, and she got a job as the New York State Senator, and then I'll campaign for presidency, and then I'll use my husband's uh, credibility to propel me to the presidency, to the Oval Office. I think that might have been a plan because otherwise any other woman, after after getting publicly humiliated by her husband, getting blowjobs from, you know, different women and being sexually, and then being accused of sexual harassment, would have left him, right? Now, she didn't mm-hmm. leave him. She supported him all the way. So that means to me in politics, if she's going to support him after her humiliation, and I doubt if she loves the guy. I think they made an arrangement. I'll be behind you. 
I won't embarrass you in public. I'll uh, maintain your legacy. I won't tarnish it. But when I run for president, you got to be there for me all the way. And I think they, she probably made a deal with him that way. I think it's possible. Yeah. In the lives of politicians, anything is possible. Anything <laughs> is possible. Anything is possible. You know, last night during the debate, there was this um, this 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 back and forth about um, big banks. You know, you oh, know, yeah. Bernie uh-huh. is hard on her about spending big banks, and uh-huh. um, you know. Hillary came up with um, Hillary came up with this line that when she's president, you know she's go after she'll go after the Wall Street, you know, and so forth and so on, mm. and that no bank is too big to prosecute. And I said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh-huh. If I remember correctly, Eric Holder said <laughs> that that is the issue; they become too big. Let me see if I can find what he said. Hey, it is when he was testifying. He was testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh-huh. And this this is what Eric Holder said, and I quote, I am concerned that the size of some of these institutions becomes so large that it does become difficult for us to prosecute them. When we are hit with indications that if you do prosecute, if you do bring a criminal charge, it would have a negative impact on the national economy, perhaps even the world economy. Holder said according to him, and I think that is a function of the fact that some of these institutions have become too large. So that was a, that, that is exactly what Eric Holder said. All right, Joe, you got something going on in the background now. Okay, hold, let me see. Let me, okay. How about this? Uh, yeah, that's better. <laughs> that's a whole lot better. Um, yeah, but... but you know, so I, I don't know how Hillary is gonna gonna uh, succeed at that. When we already know the banks are way too big, big for them, any of them to really mess with again. You know, because of the Wall Street bailouts and all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, you're gonna hear the buzz while I talk because uh, when I press okay. the mute button, the buzz goes. Um, oh, okay. But when, she's not gonna go after Wall Street, and Bernie gets his money from Wall Street too. All the politicians who are leading in the polls, they get their money through super PACs, which means they're getting the money from from Wall Street. Bernie said he does not get his money from Wall Street. That guy's got some like, He's got like $33 million in his war chest. If he's not getting money from Wall Street, I think he's a liar. And let's say he's not a liar. But he's, then he's getting his money from the defense contractors or from or from oil. I don't care which, but he's getting money from those big three. Or big farmer too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, that is a possibility. I'll just go about what he said. I haven't been able to track it down yet, but I will keep looking. Yeah, um, well, well, good. You find it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I will. Trust me. Um, the United States is pressing um, the UN Security Council to confront sex abuse by peacekeepers. Now, I, I, I mentioned this story because last Friday I didn't think about the priests up in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, that two decades sexually molested children. Now, and here's my thing. How can the United States force anybody else to confront anybody 
about sex abuse when you can't even you won't even prosecute people here in the United States for it. You know, <laughs> isn't that crazy? Well, because the United States government is nothing more than a big, a big bowl of hypocrites. That's why. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean the United States government. It hasn't thought about the welfare of the people in decades, and for them to try to make the world think of uh, of the United States government of the American people as uh, people who are concerned about them, even though they're thousands of miles away, it's all a public relations gimmick. <laughs> okay. All right. That's all it is, huh? Public relations. Well, they need to find something else. That's the first thing I would jump on. I, I really would. Hey, when you're doing your research, I haven't done this, but uh, you might find it interesting or not. Can you take a look to find out what NAFTA was all about? Because I want to find out the ins and outs um, of NAFTA and how it actually took jobs away from America. So, um, I never, I never have looked into it. But if you're going to do the research, you know, on uh, what we just finished talking about, if you remember, you might want to take a look at NAFTA because I, because that's what Bernie, that's what Bernie talks about all the time. I think. Yeah, I, I, you know, that NAFTA was, I think, had something to do with Mexico and allowing them to bring stuff across the border. With their trucks and things, it, it was it was a whole lot of stuff. But yeah, I, I do some research, and we'll talk about it Friday. That's not an issue. Okay. Uh, let me bring let me bring Michigan in. All right, Michigan, what's going on, man? What's up, man? Get the more radio phones fixed, man. <laughs> man, please. That, that's blog <laughs> talk. I can't do nothing with them, so I just have to come up with some other stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, man, I. Uh, I don't know if you got. I saw the commercial uh, that uh, Hillary uh, did with the uh, that Mike Brown's mom and some of the other ladies. Trayvon Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, okay, man, that's, not that, I mean, where I am. Yeah, man, that's so. It's, just, it's almost disgusting, man. I, I don't. You know, I I don't see how black folk can't. How could you not see when you're being pimped? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. That's why I said she was pandering, as opposed to yeah, yeah. just targeting, you know, a certain group. She's pandering to them, you know. Yeah. Uh, then she, uh, I guess she got a group of uh, uh, preachers up in Flint. You know, I said, well, she, Hillary came down here and uh, she got on top of the issue and. So we gonna vote for. Her. I, I I mean, it's man, it's 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 borderline disgusting, dude. For real. Uh, well, look, it's it, not it, just you're almost ashamed to be. You know, almost make you ashamed to be black. Sometimes when you see what black, I mean, it's, man, it's disgusting, dude. I, I don't know. Well, you know, it's not just uh, uh, black people. When you take a look at the democratic process, and and when you think about all the effort that presidential candidates have to go through on these campaign stumps going from state to state to city to city, I wonder to myself, you know what? I, as a voter, I don't need to see red and blue balloons. 
conventions. I don't have to go to a convention. I don't have to hear yippee-yay-yay, siskoombah, hoorah, hoorah. All I need to know is what's your fucking voting record? Did you actually do what you said you were going to do during your campaign, you know, when you got elected? And that's about it. I can go to a website. But for people to say, you know what, oh, Hillary's such a nice woman. Donald is such a nice man because I met him once, and I think he or she would make a great president. You know, I'm thinking to myself, the American people as a whole are freaking stupid asses. Well, well, I, I hear you, Joe, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you see the type of uh, a political pandering to other uh, interest groups uh, like you do with blacks. Now, if you can show me the uh, group of mothers, uh, white mothers who've lost their kids to meth, you know, doing meth and stuff, and where she, oh, I'm gonna clean up the meth problem. I, I, I so I hear you. But you know, and I know some of the some of the pandering, in fact, is black folks, you know, vulnerable vulnerability of being pimp. So I don't want to put it all on Hillary. Uh, so I want to say, black folk have put themselves in the position of being a hole, and so thus the pimp will come. When the whole arrives, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I know what you mean. You know what? That, that's a very good point, there, Michigan. I mean, you I hate to say really it, man. I hate to that. say it, but it... <laughs> no, you can't because all of us, you know, unless we break yeah. through of our conditioning, are being pimped out by the politicians. I mean, look at what you take a look at the paper and you read it there in plain sight. Uh, Bernie, Hillary, Trump, or whomever. They all have, like, millions of dollars in their war chest. Well, for God's sake, what do you think they're going to do with the millions? You have to ask yourself, why are people accepting millions of dollars, and why are people paying millions of dollars? Well, duh, when they get into uh, Congress or they get into the Oval Office, they're not going to listen to us. They never have. They're listening to the people. Well, well, yeah, but, 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 but um, of course a politician can't listen to every individual, but I do think that the uh, stronger that the interest group is and the more organized the interest group is, I do believe that they get the attention, the correct attention uh, of a politician. So I would agree the general public, well, when you're going to the general public, right, you're just going off of emotion. I think like the younger people who are for Bernie Sanders, I, I I don't really think, you know, a lot of these young people have aligned themselves to certain interest groups and have a particular interest. I think it's just, you know, he's the new kid on the block. Uh, He's talking against capitalism. Uh, But even the white ones, they don't have a clue, you know. So, but organized, you get the correct attention from a politician. So they're not duping Everybody. So the, the blanket statement that politicians are duping America, I don't, I don't get with that. One. They're duping well, those who yeah. are not organized. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, I think differently. I think when any, whenever anybody constantly votes Democrat or Republican, that's a result of being brainwashed. Because over the last sixty years to a hundred years and more, 
there has not been any substantial difference between the Democrats having control of Congress uh, compared to the Republicans having control of Congress. Taxes have gone up. Inflation has gone up. Wars have gone up. Uh, police brutality has gone up. Um, so it doesn't matter who's in office. It doesn't matter who's the president. You're still going to get the crooks. To me, as far as I'm concerned, it's like having, instead of just the Democrats and the Republicans, it's like having the Genovese and the Bonanno family. If you just substitute the words Genovese for the Dems and the Bonanos for the Republicans, that's how the Congress is set up. It becomes more clear then. With the nine Supreme Court justices as the consigliaries and... Um, Obama is the capo to the capo, okay? That's all it is. And we keep voting him in. Yeah. I think, you know, I've said it before, I think a way, another way to prevent all this craziness is limit the terms of the, the, the congressmen. you got to limit it, I mean, and then hopefully, you know, something different will happen. But as long as you got those jokers up there for 30, 40 years, you know, nothing different is going to happen. Why? Because they they've been there so long, they got a foothold on everything. Either you played their way, or you got to go. That's a sad way of putting it, but that's the way it is. It is. Let me bring this lady in. Yeah, let me bring this lady into the conversation. Hello, Miss Lady. How you doing today? Well, I'm getting over it. Everything. <clears throat> But so I'm kind of just chilling today, um, taking my medication. But I just want to propose something. Okay. What happened? She must have dropped off. That, oh, there she is. That black, that black men have this arrogance about themselves in the in in the sense that they quickly can determine that black mothers are whores ready to be pimped out. And you don't hear other men from other racial classifications talk like that. I think it's really a travesty, and men, some of them really need to look at who they are and what they think and what they're saying. uh, And then people laugh, and they think it's funny. Yes, I'm not finished. Um, can, can okay. you well, me? I understand, but but yeah, I can hear you. But before you before you get too deep into it, I, I would like to say that I think you're taking what Michigan, Mr. Michigan said out of context. I, you I absolutely really do. did, absolutely, and I'm glad you you know at least kind of stopped her, and maybe we can get it back on track. But you're absolutely correct, yeah. Mr. Talk. She took it totally out of context, so I, I'm glad you stopped her. But go ahead, sis. Go ahead and finish your thought. No, that's just pretty much what I wanted to say. We need to stop with all that. It's not cute. It's not funny. It's belittling. It's offensive. And it comes from a sense of arrogance and black male privilege. You just don't hear other groups of men speaking of black mothers. Now, these are black mothers that were talked about that had lost their children. And they were, they were classified as whores. Okay to pimp them out. And, and and laugh, 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 Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. It's just so silly. And that's all I... But, as Lady, as, as they already said, it was taken out of context. I mean, she's still taking it. Yeah, she's still taking it out of context. No, no, I mean, no, we just I told know. She... It's all too often. I'm, you know, it's a... Reiterating it. 
and it just needs to stop, okay? That's all we, I'm saying. You just had three people tell you that you took it out of context, and you kept going. No, I didn't what take that about? out of context. No, another issue. I took this lady, and I didn't take anything out of context. And how dare you determine that I did? You don't speak for me in my mind. You spoke for yourself. You said exactly uh, what you thought. Yeah, I did say exactly what I thought. So you're correct, so but you still took it out of context. So gonna, no, I did not take it out of context. Okay, let me, I know let me, exactly let me give you an example. what I'm saying. Well, let me give you, let me, let let me give you an example. example. I heard enough of okay, you. Well, are you done? Are you done? I don't okay, hear anything else from you. Okay, well, then you're going to have to put yourself on mute because I'm about to talk. <laughs> okay, so right after I said that about uh, Hillary meeting with the mothers, I turned right around and said she met with some black preachers in Flint. Did anybody hear that? And yep, then yep. after that, I made the statement about being pimped, and I said the black community. Mm-hmm. So now why she chose to – well, I know why she chose to get emotional, because the statement is true. And now we are with the black tech. Listen, you cannot outthink right. me or outtalk me. Trust me on that. Okay, and well, I, I know, know exactly what I heard coming out of your filthy mouth, okay? And I'm okay. calling you right. on it. Miss Lady. Okay, well, well, thank you. Thank you for calling me on I don't know what you're calling me on, but thank you anyway. All right. Miss Lady, if you're going to determine that he, or let's say anybody, cannot really um, speak for yourself, right? Cannot really determine what your particular words are and mindset. Then why do you believe that you have the authority to do? Because you know what, I wonder about you as well. You can wonder. Okay, and you're laughing too. Instead of being, instead of being stand up, you laugh too. Because I'm telling you, none of those mothers would have thought who lost their children would have thought it was funny. Trust me on that. Miss Lady, three people are telling you. Okay. Now, regardless of whether we have <laughs> testicles or not, three people are telling you that you had taken it out of context. Do you believe that there's a possibility no, that you may I have taken it out of context? I over and over about how black women are conveniently cast as whores. Therefore, it's okay to pimp them. All that's not what he meant. That's, that's not, not what, what I said. That's not what I said. I forget. Miss Lady, Miss Lady, have you ever been pimped? Have you ever been a whore? Have you? I think you have. No, you have talk you? about it too much. You, 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 so I, I mean, think you're the biggest no, one you, on the no, show. I mean, you, get, you got so emotional. You got so emotional. No, I, I, I mean, stand up for black women, mothers who have lost their children to violence unfairly. And I have no oh, okay. problem doing it. Unlike you, Casting them as whores, okay. ready to be pimped. Oh, okay. She got some issues. Okay. Yeah, she got some issues. All right. All right. Now, you have to get some good self-hating, Negro yeah, she, man, like you are. She got some issues. Okay. All right. Um, you know, and that is something that is, is that plagues our, our community in the worst way, and that's our selective listening. We decide we want to pick one word out of a whole conversation, yeah. <laughs> and that's what, that is what we are going to, uh, to, to, to argue about. Now, Mr. Michigan was not calling the women 
hold black women. That's, that's right. not what he was saying. You know, maybe he he could have chosen a better way of using an analogy, a better analogy, but that's the way he used it. We understood it. Okay. Well, no, 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 Mr. Tony, and Mr. Tony, the only reason it wasn't females as the point of the analogy. Right, 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 Joe, right, right. I'm going to get to this. See, the whole thing is, when it comes to the politicians and the black community, there really is no other way to put it. They pimp the black community out. They do. They do. Well, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. But. You know, Whatever. but the, but the, the single single out that one word and say you call it the mothers who lost the kids. Nobody was saying right. that. See, you're right, right. No absolutely one. not. No, absolutely. You know, that's just that's just part of selective listening. That right. <laughs> hey, that's that's your own thing. But that is you know not what, what though? was said. Me, oh, how it was meant. Go ahead, know, Joe. I think that in you know in Miss Lady's uh, defense. She has been emotional the past few days. I think she was on either this show or another show like last week. And I think because she, as we can tell, she's ill. She's either got a cold or the flu or something. And that, I think, because usually, you know, even though she likes to hit and rush, likes to come make a statement and leave, she usually isn't this combative. So I think something is up with her. Yeah, and it could be. I just don't think it's funny. It's not funny, and most women wouldn't think it's funny. I don't care what you can you can put in. I'm it defending you. I'm not you saying anything it's funny. It's not funny. And most women right. are not raised to be whores. Most black people aren't raised to be. I mean, they are they are born okay, to be whores. They're raised to be whores. And okay, so why, saying that why would you because think? they're whores, they're ready to be pimped. That's not funny yeah. either. Why, why would you Why would you take that scenario? Out of context, when I'm talking about the whole black no, community, I use those two examples because it is those two examples that are on the national TV. Hillary meeting with the mothers of the lost uh, who's lost their children, and also her coming down the Flint and meeting with the black preachers. So the entire conversation was in the context. Now, how you single that out for me calling black women? Okay, more pimps than whores, okay? But I don't appreciate black women and whores being cast in the same subject, subject at all, okay? Lady, you can forget about getting any kind of positive feedback on that. Miss Lady, I'm sure you well, consider you. me as somebody who would be either a misogynist or near a misogynist, according to your perception. Yet, I didn't pick that up from Michigan. I didn't run with it. Yeah. Well, no, cause you, of course, because you're a man and you're a white man. You go to anything to do with denouncing black women and casting them in kind of like, it's just all sport. It's all fun. But I'm calling it more that they need to grow up and stop it. But you're not calling me on oh, this lady. I mean, I don't have a problem with I don't have a problem with, with taking advice or being called. I don't have a problem with that, Miss Lady. But to be honest, you're not you're not calling me on anything. I mean, you, you're just not. You, I mean. You're not calling me on anything right now. He did not specify right. those particular women as being the whores. Right. He is saying that the black preachers are pimping out the entire black community, and he mentioned coincidentally about Hillary and the meeting with the mothers of the lost causes. There's no correlation between that and saying that the black preachers are black pimping are whores. out the right. mothers as whores. 
I don't know how much we can make it more clear to you, Miss Lady. Well. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Now that we have that cleared up, yeah. uh, hopefully. All right, Joe, the NAFTA agreement. Yeah, let's oh, talk good. about good. All right. Yeah. Um, the North American Free Trade Agreement is a comprehensive agreement that sets the rules for international trade and investment between Canada, the United States, and Mexico. The agreement is a complex and lengthy document that includes eight sections, 22 chapters, and some 2,000 pages. Okay, here's some of it. Um, let's see. Market access for goods. The elimination of duties on thousands of goods crossing borders within North America. Phased-in tariff reductions. Now complete and special rules for agriculture, automotive, textile. Okay. Uh, let's see. Protection for intellectual property, adequate and effective protection, and enforcement of a broad range of intellectual property rights, including through patents, trademarks, copyrights, and industrial designs, while ensuring that the measures that enforce these rights do not themselves become barriers to legitimate trade. Um, it just, this tells you a whole bunch of nothing, really. Um, side agreements, the NAFTA. NAFTA partners also negotiated two side agreements, the North American Agreement on Environmental Cooperation and the North American Agreement on Labor Cooperation. Okay, let's see what they got here real real fast. Um, Commitment to Labor Cooperation, the NAFTA partners signed a parallel agreement on labor cooperation designed to promote the effective enforcement of each country's labor laws and regulations to facilitate Further cooperation between NAFTA partners on labor matters. Uh, okay, now that's like a bunch of political speak. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. It's 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 just, it's like the skeletal overview of what NAFTA is. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to find out were specific clauses in there that Congress or Mexico or the UN would pick up on to enforce um, the exchange of labor without our wanting to do it. Now, one example which comes to mind: Have you guys noticed? Um, and you may not have, but if you take a look at some of the TV programs or some of the movies where the leading men, and you won't realize this because you think they're uh, they're Americans, they're actually from Australia. Like for example, um, the uh, the the brand new TV series Blind Spot, the leading character, he's from Australia. Zena, we all know she came. She came from um, New Zealand, but they they filmed that there. There's another um, another TV show. I think it's on cable. It's about the American. It's about an American sheriff. That guy's from Australia. If you saw Homeland, do you? If you saw Homeland, and if you remember the part about the guy named Brody, he was the guy that was like the Manchurian candidate. He was supposedly held um, as a prisoner of war for eight years and came back. And his job was to shoot the vice president. That guy was mm. English. He was born okay. in England. And if you remember uh-huh. the TV series House, House MD, that guy yeah. is English. Mm-hmm. And some of the and some of the leading ladies in TV shows and uh, uh, American movies are from England, but they're speaking with an American accent. And I'm wondering. Is it because of NAFTA? Is it because in Hollywood they've infiltrated Hollywood and they told Hollywood, look, 
You've got too many American actors playing American roles. You've got to you've got to distribute the wealth, and you got to take some people like from England and Australia, etc. Uh, so I, I don't know. know. I I I don't know. I don't know about that one, Joe. Um, well, you know, it wouldn't surprise that would be, me. That would be an interesting aspect of it <laughs> if that was the case. That would be very I, interesting. Yeah, it came it came to my mind about a few weeks ago because I'm wondering after I found out um, all these creatures were from Australia, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, why are we importing Australian and English actors? And we need people who uh, who can do an Eng- uh, an American accent. Well, we've got American leading men right here at home. What's the, what's the reason for that? Because I don't think there are many American actors over in England. Mm. You know, I would I, I wouldn't know how to answer that one. I really wouldn't. And the other thing you right. have to, huh? Go ahead. And the other damage that NAFTA did was, I think NAFTA is primarily responsible for this. Do you know in the last 10 years, 6 million construction jobs and factory jobs have been shut down and gone overseas? 6 million. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's not like 600,000. That's not like, that's 6 million jobs that Americans cannot have because now it's overseas. Can't be replaced. Well, yeah. You know that that has a lot to do. Of course, we know with taxes and, and labor laws. The labor laws over there are a lot leaner, lean. You know, a lot leaner right. than they are here in the United States. That's right. So, and is it, it is may, it as a result of uh, you know, or partially, or to a great extent, as a result of NAFTA? Yeah. I guess it, you could, I guess it could say it's a it's a, a, a roundabout way. Hello. Miss Lady, you're breaking up. Miss Lady, you're breaking up. Oh, you know, um, that's yeah. I think I read about four years ago that there are only about now two hundred thousand just general manufacturing jobs left in the country, just general, not specifically highly skilled ones. And that was like about three years ago. Holy jeez, at all? That's what I read. I don't know if it's true. I mean, just general, general, you know, like, you know, bare bones manufacturing. Yeah. So the NAFTA, I think, has more to do with North America, like Mexico, Canada. Uh, But then you have uh, high-tech workers that are coming in from – you know, India and, you know, China and wherever, Korea. Oh, did you That's read about... another element. You know what I read about India? You know, you're right about the uh, the um, the engineers, in particular, the mathematicians. There's a lot of dentists coming over from, uh, <laughs> from India, too. But it's something I came across a couple of weeks ago, which I didn't know. I thought it was a joke. So I did a little bit more research into it, and apparently it's true. Do you know that in India... I'm sure most people probably think of it as a fairly well-developed country. It has nukes. It has. It does have the black hole of Calcutta. You know, one of the worst uh, um, ghettos in the um, in the world. But do you know that 47 percent 
of all Indians in all of India, that 790 million of uh, Indians do not have toilets and don't know how to use them if they did have them? Oh, yeah. There's a caste system that's really still in place. And it's based on color and, you know, you know, they still have those untouchables, as they call them, which is really sad. It's the saddest thing ever. Yeah. You know, and they have all the way up to the white Indians. And, you know, there's this, you know, it's that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, here's some information on NAFTA. Uh, let's see. Rather than creating the promised hundreds of thousands of U.S. jobs, NAFTA has contributed to an enormous new U.S. trade deficit with Mexico and Canada, which had already equated to an estimated net loss of 1 million U.S. jobs by 2004. Okay, the figure calculated by the Economic Policy Institute includes the net balance between jobs created and jobs lost. Yeah, Um, most of the job erosion stems from the decisions of U.S. firms to embrace NAFTA's new foreign investor privileges and relocate production to Mexico to take advantage of its lower wages and weaker economic Environmental standards. EPI calculates that the ballooning trade deficit with Mexico alone destroyed about 700,000 net U.S. jobs between NAFTA's implementation and 2010. This toll has likely grown since 2010 as non-oil U.S. trade deficit with Mexico has risen further. Uh, this is interesting. Say more than 845,000 specific U.S. workers have been certified for trade air. Adjustment assistance as having lost their jobs due to imports from Canada and Mexico or the relocation of factories to those countries. So, now that's just some of it. I mean, this this thing got a whole lot of stuff to it. I'm gonna put the link in the um, chat room so if anybody wanna check it out. But I, I guess that's the sum of what um, Bernie is talking about when he's always mentioning, you know, um, the jobs and things lost to NAFTA. Yeah, yeah, why did we call? Huh? Why did we sign the the freaking contract of the treaty to begin with? Why do we have to care about what happens to other countries? We have to care about our people first, about whether or not they can have jobs. And yet here we are negotiating with other countries to to take to import their workers, to export our workers, to balance out tri- so-called free trade. That's nonsense. You know, well, that, it was on the news off. last week that the high-tech people, well, they were going to be laying them off thousands. Well, if you take a look at the retail stores, too, 140 stores. And they yeah. want to bring more H-1B visa people in. Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what, oh, and the big thing about that is once they're over here, you can't track them. If they, they're not supposed to be over here except for a limited time. But if they overstay right. their visa... The uh, State Department doesn't have any way to effectively track them. So they can come over here, stay here, and the State Department goes, well, okay, where is Waldo? And they don't know. <laughs> you know, I remember watching um, something on C-SPAN where um, think Homeland, somebody from Homeland Security was testifying, and they were asked that question right there. You know, how can you track and wants to get here, and the guy from Homeland Security said, "Well, we can." And the guy was like, "You mean to tell me?" <laughs> you know, and he was just shocked. I was too. But you're right, Joe. Once they get here, and they keep stay out of trouble, there's no way they track them. 
That's they have it. no clue where they are. And that's where I picked it up too on that uh, on that testimony. Yeah. Plus, yeah. you know what they they, they uh, do what they're told. They don't make any. No. I guess not. <clears throat> well, then again, you have to understand too. They already have their network here to help them out. So, you know, they're just not coming over here uh, just completely by themselves. You know, they already have those individuals that their families here, over. You know, doing this, yeah, doing the same thing. So, you know, they, I'm sure when, once they hit the land, they, you know, they get their education of how to stay here. You know, once your visa has expired. Oh, they know that before they come. But the thing is, is that, um, you know, they promise citizenship, so they're not going to make any waves. So if they have to work, you know, 15, 20 hours, they'll, they're going to do it. Right? They're not going to have any kind of argument against it. This is true. That is true. But then again, I, mean, I guess that goes back. Huh? Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no it's just, it's just how the, the world is working now. It's all, it's all, it's how it's working now. That's just how it's working. Well, it's working effectively it be... because it's affecting us. But yeah. you know they're closing down it... Walmart stores. That's what I was going to get to. Something like a hundred. I forget how many it is. And the other chain is 145 of them, and plus another chain a couple of weeks ago was announcing closing down of uh, over a hundred. So NAFTA and other um, other forces emanating from the White House, the Federal Reserve, and Congress, they're not doing Americans any favors. No, not at all. So wouldn't it be more feasible to go ahead and, and, and I guess, legalize the ones that's here? Are you kidding? <laughs> Why not? They're here anyway. So? You know what? Okay. For uh, every immigrant that's here, he's either got to get a job, which means an American right. won't get the job. And I don't want to hear the argument about Americans don't want to take the job. When you have 98 million Americans who are out of work and are not collecting unemployment, okay, and are off the um, uh, the rolls in terms of what the Bureau of uh, Labor Statistics um, uses to compile, we are in an so basically 100 million people. Unemployment. We have over 23% <coughs> unemployment generally. We well, how many people that. are in the country? How many people are in the country that they claim are in the country? How many U.S. citizens? Illegals, minimum 11 to 40 million. Mm. Huh. Wow. That's 40 million jobs that Americans don't have. Well, you know, Donald Trump, if, if initially he said he was going to uh, put a stop to all those H-1B visas and hire Americans, and now he's changed his mind and said that, you know, we need the most skilled people here, you know, scientists. Yeah, I'm, I was course, surprised about of, that. Of course. Well, Me of course too. he had to change his mind because he hires a lot of them down to work his casinos. So of course he had to change his mind. <laughs> You know, Trump as president, he would be, I know, despite the fact that he's um, an outsider, he would be a horrible president. But I think that about all the candidates except for Rand Paul anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? It would just be business as usual. 
Absolutely. There would be no significant yeah, pretty change. Much. Yeah, pretty you know, much. Yeah, um, I, think, I think Donald Trump would make a pretty good uh, a president. Oh, okay, Mr. This I got him. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Um, and, and why would you think that? Well, I mean, I, why would you think I, that? I, I, yeah, well, first of all, I don't think America was ever set up to be like a uh, oh, I know say, a social, at. social, moral, <laughs> um, um, you know, kumbaya for people. America was set up for business, period. Uh-huh. Uh, and through that process, you got the exploitation of people, uh, the exploitation of people as markets. Now, as quiet as kept, th- that's when you create the most millionaires, the more exploitation you have. Now, I know some people are going to say that's not good, but if you're talking about capitalism, if if, if that's what you're after, you, you, I mean, you just have to face the facts. You gonna have It's going to be a poor class. You're not going to be able to get around it. There are going to be some poor people. There's going to be some people that's exploited. Uh, But it's like the gap is, I mean, it's becoming more and more and more like the middle class is disappearing and becoming very poor. But but if you you notice, if you do the statistics, in most cases, even black business does better under a rip. Now, some of you may not know that's that's a those are facts, factual statistics. When mm-hmm. black entrepreneur entrepreneurs do well, it's it's almost the first indicator that you could revive a black community when you have capital uh, and resources flowing through the community. So, I don't give a damn if you have a moral president or a socialist president if there is no resources flowing back and forth through the black community it's going to be in trouble are there really black communities or are they well, just black neighborhoods with a black name of course it, that's, you're right there's no and i'm i'm the main one that always says that there are no black communities they're black neighborhoods so if you're going to ever have a chance of creating or moving black neighborhoods into communities, there better be some capital somewhere. So you do you think that yeah. the chance of getting a small business loan for black people is greater up under Republican president versus a Democratic? Because I know people that tried to get small business loans when Bush was in office and they couldn't get one. Well, I think what you'll have is when, okay, Black folk know how to organize just like Europeans and any other ethnic group. For instance, when you have black millionaires, it's millionaires who start banks, uh, uh, private investment firms. These are individuals who have done well uh, in free market capitalism that tend to organize themselves to make sure that the entrepreneurial spirit stays alive within the community. Thus, you see the boom of black banks when, when black community was doing well. You saw the boom in black banks, the boom in black credit unions. There's no difference from when Europeans do well. You see a boom in banking. So uh, while you you may be correct, uh, Miss Lady, that you may not see an uptick in black folk getting loans from uh, major banks, but the possibility 
of you being able to organize yourself and to lend money to yourselves is better present when you do have a thriving entrepreneur class. Okay, is this entrepreneur class of your own people or just period? No, I'm, yeah, I'm talking about uh, specifically within the black neighborhoods. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah. yeah you don't have to do it yourself. I mean, you, you're not. Yeah, you're not gonna the 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 larger community is not going to build black communities. It's not gonna happen. Black mm-hmm. folk are gonna have to do that. They they're not in the business of building black communities. Well that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um Miss I think Miss Lady in two thousand thirteen there was forty one point three million immigrants that lived in the United States. Forty one point three million. <laughs> There's no way you can track all them folks. Um Are they illegal or legal or both? No, that would just um both. oh, are you sure it's both? Yeah. Oh, let me go back. I I'm right here. Yeah. And what is building a wall going to do? I mean really? You know what? To keep Mexican <laughs> Come on, you, you know, don't want people from you know, Central America, from Iran, from Iraq, especially from Syria, and from Mexico, just crawling across the border, do you? <laughs> maybe that's how you know people will get put back to work. You know, he's going to have maybe Americans work to put the wall up. All right, here's, here's my theory I don't know. on the wall. Maybe that's people making America great again. I don't know. You had George W. in office. He was the governor of Texas. The wall still, there still is no wall. You that dumb, dumb Rick Perry, you know, and all the little politicians in Texas, that's their motto. And we're going to build the wall. Well, I'm sorry. It's been eons and there still isn't a wall. So, you know, it's good for the political speak that they, you know, people want to hear. But don't, don't count on the wall being built. Because, <laughs> number one, somebody's going to have to pay for it. Well, I think that's going to be the biggest fight. You know how it's, somebody's going to have to pay for it. You know how he alluded to this very, very briefly during one of his debates. And just like uh, Vincent Fox said, he's not paying for no fucking wall, he said. Right? Uh-huh. Right. Mexico's not going to pay for it. People are thinking that Trump's going to negotiate with the president and some way, somehow, uh, whoever the president of Mexico is going to be is going to fork over billions of dollars because that's how much it's going to cost to build this wall. That's not how it's going to be done. What he's going to do, my guess is, is that he's going to raise tariffs on Mexico. That way he he gets the money from Mexico because they, um, you know, they're going to have to... To pay the tariffs, and he's going to take the tariff money, just like uh, states take uh, lottery money, and they direct it towards education. Um, what's his face? Trump is going to take uh, money from tariffs and direct it towards building the wall. But I think you're more right, Eric. I don't think because it's going to cost billions of dollars. No wall is going to get built. No, I, I mean, if, if the wall does get built, I think they need to raise holy sand, and here's why. Because with with the crumbling infrastructure of this country, why are you worrying about building a freaking wall? Prime example, Flint, Michigan. 
all them and them lead pipes. You know what I mean? I'm sure they're not the only ones. So, nah. Well, we've got fluoride, I think, in um, in probably all the major cities throughout the United States. And fluoride yeah. has been shown to uh, decrease IQ. <laughs> That's what's wrong with the Republican Party. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's wrong with all those freaking politicians. <laughs> I, I couldn't resist that. <laughs> oh, my. But, yeah, you know, you, you listen to them. But but you you have to not listen to them at the same time. You know, I always say yeah, yeah. they say one thing, but they say but what they mean is something totally different than what they're saying. Well, you know, you know that, what, that, what 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 yeah what I, what I believe will happen under uh, Trump. I do believe that uh, a white uh, business interest uh, will move money back into America. I mean, it's almost, you know, he's the great white hope. I mean, you know, he represents, you know, what a strong white, you know what I'm saying, we'll get our country back. This is, you know what I'm saying, that, that uh-huh. is, that's appealing to white men and it's appealing to white women, right? Oh, we got a strong white man. He's going to take our country back. I believe that white entrepreneurs would begin to move money back into the economy, which is could be nothing but a plus. You know, Hmm. Okay. Money circulating is always a plus. Yeah, that is. But that, that money so, won't be circulated. So what, can well, I just, just ask, when he says when a tariff is placed on the goods coming back across the country, that means that the American companies that have that have moved their businesses over there, they're going to have to pay that tariff then to get the goods back over. Is that what you're saying? Well, it, well and what? You know, we can and we can talk this smack. Ninety percent of all black folk work for a white man. So I mean, we can you know we can talk the black talk. You know, let's just face the facts. Most black people are working for white folk. So when white folk do well, I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying? We got, we got to tell the truth. When when sure white businesses do well and they hire and, and most black folk work for white folk, I mean that is that trickle down effect. Now, of course I'm I'm not endorsing that we uh, take a pen and sit at the table of the masters and, and whatever quarters drop off, but that's what the hell we've been doing since we've been over here. So uh, what you know, what do we see in the horizon that changes our position in America? We've always waited till they put took the scraps off the table. And we're in the same position now. Well, I don't think anything's going to change. As a matter of fact, things are going to get worse. With the passage of the NDAA, I don't know if it's been passed yet, but it will get passed. They're going to give uh, Congress, I can't believe this, both parties of the Congress are going to abdicate their particular uh, part of their throne, give the power over to um, whoever the, the next president's going to be, if not Obama before he leaves, and they're going to make that new president the same as Mussolini or Hitler. Because now that president will be allowed to wage war without having to go to Congress and be allowed to do so against, I forget what the new term is, uh, for the, you know, homegrown terrorists. It's not, um, maybe domestic terror or belligerent something or other, but he'll be able to do that just calling them um, enemy, uh, enemy combatants. 
on American soil without due yeah. process. Let me let me tell you what I'm, I'm going to disagree with you, Joe. Now, mm-hmm. here's what we know about the history of white men. They don't have no problem shooting each other in the head, right? No right. problem. Yeah. All right. Here's what white men are not going to do. If If you have a majority of white men who appear to be dominating uh, the minority of white men, you're going to have a revolution. It's not, it doesn't even have anything to do with foreigners. There's going to be a revolution. If we know anything about European history, they have absolutely no problem uh, uh, <laughs> cutting each other's throat. So I believe that I don't see the white population being that, uh, how would you say, difference, differing in their ideologies where it's going to be the chaos is going to come from the greedy white boys against the ones who don't have shit. You're going to get a fight. Well, that's if they don't take the weapons away. But they're working on taking the weapons away. When you take a look historically of what uh, tyrants have done, uh, the man, last yo, white boys ain't going for that, man. White boys you, ain't you going for You want to bet? <laughs> you want they got, they're bet. not going to do it, brother. They're not going there's too many damn guns. White boys are not going to go for that shit, dude. You think so? Do you know no, that sir. In, either in New York or L.A. or maybe in both, they've had these particular activities where the police have said, give us your guns and we'll give you, I don't know, a, a Walmart coupon or some crap. People have turned in their guns. People registered their guns, and they have turned in their guns. People no, they ran gold. that game. If you, if you remember, they ran that game in the black communities. Yeah, yeah, that's all about. They ran, they ran that game in the black communities. Did it work? Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah, yeah, some instances, yeah, yeah, sure did. In some instances, it did work. But that's not, hey, 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 Jose, uh, uh, a white boy go eat up a, a rat. Before he say, I'm going to give up my pistol so I can have a steak, he'll go eat a damn rat. Yeah, man, I got news for you. Never <laughs> underestimate the power of brainwashing, okay? Yeah, America loves, we love our guns, but never underestimate the power of brainwashing and giving up the guns for the uh, for the greater good or martial law. Yeah. Or stuff like that. Nah, that's not I don't see happen. it, Joe. You really? Really? I don't see it, Joe. No, no. Okay. No. No, no. that ain't happening. Nope. It is, it <laughs> no. is starting. It is starting. No, they're they're not don't forget the history of though. Stalin and Hitler and uh, Pol Pot and Mao Zedong. Okay? Pol Pot. <laughs> you think it can't uh, happen got... here? <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay, what? <laughs> hey, I don't believe, believe they're going to give up their weapons, though. No, you, that ain't gonna happen. They'll give it up you if they need. If they let's Aww. say, for example, they'll need medical care, and part of the um, the process, the new process, is to get medical care by giving up your guns. Or and don't forget, we have smart meters, and we have some other stuff which is going to legitimize um, delivery men, servicemen going inside your house and looking around to see if you have anything which they can report to the government, just as the doctors now are being instructed, if you go to a doctor and if you suffer from depression, he may, in the future, be forced to report that to the, uh, to the federal authorities because you are now going to be scrutinized for mental illness, and depression will be considered a mental illness. There are ways of doing it. Uh, 
Um, here's a newsflash: depression is already considered a mental illness. There you go. But you know, there's always an underground, you know, cell. Right, yeah, right, right. I was just, and that's I was just about to say away. that. That's not going away. No, explode. that's right. Right, 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 right. And you have you have enough uh, 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 white guys with money, where you know, uh, uh, creating underground communities, networks, and uh, medical facilities. Joe, you stretching, brother? Y'all, all right. The white boys ain't fit. They not fit. <laughs> you stretching? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm tell you one reason you why too, Joe. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you a, one quick reason. Yeah, right. Listen. The, this country was founded on white boys fighting each other. Right. You got to remember that. Well, actually, it was, um, it was white settlers <laughs> decimating the Indians, and then, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know what them. I mean. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, yeah, the Industrial Revolution, right. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. That was back then I when mean, men, they have they when men had backbone. I mean, they have a bottle in one hand and a gun in the other. They ain't giving up. Neither one, no, okay? no, 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 no. It ain't gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, you know what. And the, one of the, the the things I think that you know when people say uh, America is gonna be destroyed, which I, it may, I, you know, I'm not no expert, but there's two things. If, if, as long as it stays strong in America, uh, this European expansion will will be around for a while. Two two things: one, military, and two, and and a lot of people forget about this. One, the institutions of higher learning. America educates the world. Do you know how many foreigners, if you go to those universities, there's no other place on the planet, right, that more foreigners come to. Now, we're not talking about whether or not they're giving them white supremacy. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But here's what is happening. Foreigners are sending their people over here from the world to be educated in America. That's powerful. Huh. Well, there's 275 million foreigners in um, at any time in the, in our universities. 275,000, right. I think, not 275 million. Sorry, which is you know 274 million too many. The thing is, is that um, okay? They come over here, then they either stay here or they go back home. But if we're going to talk about them, a lot of them don't even graduate because. They come over here and they can't really. There was an article talking about that. Some of these universities, they bring them here because they get <clears throat> a lot more uh, university fees and tuition from foreign Bingo. students than they do. Bingo. And so they don't speak English and they can't write English very well. So they, unfortunately, they're intelligent, but they don't make it because they can't write papers. They can't. So they, you know, a lot of them don't even make it past the first year. Well, it's just like a meal that comes through every year. Well, let me, well, let me say, I, I stay in a city where there's a D1 university, and 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 those foreigners are they, huh? A division D1 one university, division one. What? Division one. A, a division one university. Oh. And uh, one of the things that people don't know is when when you're a foreigner coming over here to a university. I know it particularly with D1 universities. Each one of those foreigners have to have so much money in the bank before they can even get over here. I think it's like 20 Gs. So you're not talking about foreigners who are coming over here who are broke. It's the cream of the crop of those other countries. And a lot of them, I don't know, you know, where those statistics are coming from, Ms. Lady, but 
those foreigners that come over here and go to school over here, they're they're finishing college. Well, so, I was about the University of California in Berkeley, which is a top-notch university, and that's what okay, this, all right. an article that was um, written last year. <clears throat> okay, okay. About well, it. It came from the University of California in Berkeley, so. But uh, the point that you were making about them, do you know how much money they put into the economy? This is this is foreign money. Well, this is money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was saying, yeah, so I was, yeah. So you're talking about look at all of the money that's being poured into this these corporations, which are, that's what they are, schools. These are foreign investments being poured into these schools every damn year. That's powerful as hell. Well, it's all, always follow the money. Who said that? What movie was that? Follow the money. Right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, follow the money. That's it. And it will lead you to wherever you want to go. Which is <laughs> a sad, sad state of You know, talk about investments, but I think last year and the year before, China itself has bought up hundreds of American corporations. When you put up hundreds yep. of American corporations, you're going to be influenced by Chinese, uh, the Communist Party. Agree. Agree. And just like um, the Muslims are going to, like, I think it's in Illinois, one particular city, where everybody, everybody's Muslim, they're practicing Sharia law. Yeah. Well, one time, then Japan brought up a lot of property in the United States, and then um, there was an economic crash or something, and um, a lot of those properties went bankrupt, and they had to sell them back for a lot less than they paid for them. Okay, you was kind of scratchy there. Who bought them up? Um, I said at one time years ago, I think Japan had bought a lot of their expensive properties in the United States, probably not at the level of China, but um, they bought golf courses. They bought, you know, um, um, very prominent buildings. Yeah, they bought <clears> a lot of And then there was an economic crash, crash, and then they they, um, kept, they sold those properties back yeah. for um uh, not for what they paid for them. No, because they, they were suffering their own crisis back in Japan. And same thing with uh, Saudi Arabia. They had bought up, I think, Rockefeller Center. And I think there was an outcry from the people in New York. And I think they sold it back, but I'm not sure. Uh, and but you know, you, know the, you know the other point, man, that we, I think we overlooked. I don't believe that, that the majority of white folk, if push came to shove, would have a problem taking their ass back to Europe. No, no. no. Uh-uh. Think about it. Uh, well, I mean, look. Yeah, to, know, to know Britain Wait. with rains and is gray most of the time, please. I'm saying that would feel as but, but, but follow, follow, follow the logic. In other words, if, if in fact, let's say America was, a, a, was an experiment, right? Uh-huh. You hear me? Okay, it's an experiment, yeah. right? That's what everybody says. It's a big big experiment. All right, the shit didn't work. Okay. It worked for 300 years, right? <laughs> what makes okay. you all think that white folk wouldn't have a problem if, if America came, uh, 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 was, was taken over by a foreign power? What makes you think white uh, folk wouldn't have a problem going back to their different countries in Europe? Easy. Oh, under, under those circumstances, 
Yeah, but you know what? I don't think they would do it. They, no, I mean, he's talking about something like, I mean, uh, a, a total a total takeover by a foreign power. Right, 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 right. Well, of course they'd fight, went, you know, uh, Mr. You know no, they I, would I fight say, first. Uh, yeah, uh, that's all I'm about to say. Yeah. No, because they consider this, this is my country. You know, they it's well, it's a European expansion, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, okay. yeah so, but Mr. Talk, it, it happens. It happens all the time in history. What makes you see? And that's that's the problem when you when well, we buy into you know, this drink the Kool Aid talking about America is the greatest right, country see, ever. See, now that's ball bull crap. Well, see, I, I you know I'm, I'm gonna leave my comments alone about that. I've seen the, both sides of this thing, but what I'm saying is, Michigan. You know, there's going to be some, yeah, they're going to take the first thing smoking out of here. Okay? They right. go. But there's always going to be that, that little cluster that left is going to fight to the end. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, under, the, under that situation, there'll be, you know, there'll be people dying. But at the same time, yeah. if, if if it comes down to, okay, we have to surrender, then, yeah, the That's Germans, right. Italians, yeah. and Poles, and the Irish, That's right. who are second, third, or fourth generation Americans, they will say, you know what, my roots are back Look in, you know, that's right. in England. And, yeah, they wouldn't right. be in trouble, but they'd still be considered foreigners. The only, the only thing they would have in common would be the English language. Right. Not the culture. Well, but it wouldn't, take, it, wouldn't take, it wouldn't take long for them to acculturate themselves yeah, back into right. the European ethnic groups. It wouldn't take long. True. But, hey, I'll tell you a big one. What the hell blacks going to do? What they gonna do? About what about Africa? Africa? I'm about to ask you. Look, I'm about to ask you that same question. I don't know. I'm going to I don't Jamaica. Know. Going to Jamaica. You know, about a year ago, I met this young guy, this young white guy, and he said his friend was smart. He uh, went to college. And he majored in a bunch of foreign languages, and he got—I forget what other degree he got—but he learned how to speak German and French. <clears throat> and um, fluently, and he moved over there after he finished college. He said, I'm out of here. This was like around 10 years ago, and um, he got a job in Germany, and, you know, he did well, and he met a German woman, got married, bought a house, had children, and he's doing very well over there. I think he's in Thai Tech or something. He said he ain't never coming back here. He said I guess he said wow. he he said he was not going to um <clears throat> um get into no huge house mortgage. He wanted to have uh where he didn't have to have a whole lot of debt and stuff. He got up out of there out of here cuz I think do they have socialized medicine in Germany? I'm not really oh, yes, sure. I'm not sure. But he's yeah, done do. very well. He's very happy with his choice that he made. Well, I'm glad you weren't yeah, talking you know about what, France. No. Because when Holland took, took over of... a couple of years ago, he's raising the um, income tax rate to 70%. So whoever, if any Americans went over there in the wow. past few years, you can forget about them being happy. <laughs> wow. that's a... <laughs> 70, oh, my goodness. Yeah, there's a lot of retired military that lives in Germany. Just for that 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 same reason. Oh, yeah. But England, Germany is having their own issues now. England, you know, if if you follow what happens in England, it'll happen here. Oh yeah. In less than two years. Yeah, you're right. You are absolutely right. Because it's like they run neck and neck sometimes. You're right, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that about that's taking away their freedoms and making life hard for them in terms of. Um, I, well, they don't have so. I don't know if they have socialized medicine yet, but you know, in terms of their health care or their politics, it's going to uh-huh. happen here. It is like it, it's like <laughs> uh, 
a huge indicator, a weather vane yeah, for you, you right over here. Well, let's 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 be real. You know, England is the mother country now. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I, I just sat here and thought about something. Uh, when we talk about the, we were talking about these um, candidates earlier, presidential candidates, how come none of, none of them have mentioned Israel at all? Anybody notice that? Well, the Nobody has said anything about Israel. Huh? The yeah, debate. the debate. You know, yeah. that's a good point. Not since last year have they mentioned Israel. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what's well, going I on with maybe, that. Well, maybe Netanyahu doesn't want, um, you know, has the APAC lobby um, um, clamping down on the politicians for that. They don't, they're not in the, in the news as much. Who knows? Huh. I just thought that was interesting, being that Israel is considered our closest ally. You know, oh, nobody man. Has, you know, no one has said what they would do, you know, as far as, you know, support for Israel and things of that nature. Yeah, I always get into a discussion. You know, I asked some Jews about that. Uh, there's, there's a few Jews, at least one particular Jew owns a BTR show, and he's talking one time about um, Israel is our greatest ally. And I asked him, and his wife was the co-host, I said, okay, give me three reasons three instances of how Israel has helped out the United States. So then they went into the rhetoric about what we did for them. I said, yeah, that shows what we as Americans, how we're paying 2 to $3 billion a year to support them and their agenda. What have they done for us? Couldn't answer. <laughs> because I don't think the politicians can answer. <laughs> they can't. I really don't. They can't. It's quite interesting, but hey, it is what it is. The whole international global theater of politics is one big freaking scam. (laughs) Every government, their particular aim is to control their own particular people. That is what their agenda is overall. And I'm not talking about being a dictatorship. I'm talking about even if you're a so-called republic um, uh, government, your aim, your aim as a politician, in conjunction with the other politicians in parliament or Congress, etc., are to control the people for power and for personal ego. <laughs> You know what? Is um, is House of Cards due to start tonight? Because I want to see how they... I bet you that Kevin Spacey starts modeling his acting after what Trump's doing on the uh, campaign trail. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What is House of Cards about? What, lady? I've never watched Oh, no, you got to see it. She wants to know what House of Cards is about. Oh, House of Cards is about... Kevin Spacey is the person who who assumed the presidency of the United States through a very circuitous route. They nominated him as vice president. First off, the the very first show, which is about two years ago, started off with Kevin Spacey. He used to be the majority leader, the majority leader of the House. He made a deal so that if he supported the the presidential candidates, or well, one of the presidential candidates, he would be nominated to a particular post. I think it was the vice presidency. They reneged on the deal. 
And from that time on, the the, uh, the entire theme of the uh, of the show is how he's gotten revenge on the politicians by being somebody like a Lyndon Johnson type politician. You know, the epitome of a politician, a Richard Nixon, Lyndon Johnson type of politician who knows all the ins and outs, but not to help the American people and not to help his party. He's there for personal power with his major goal to become the president of the United States. So last season, he became uh, nominated to be the vice president, and then he negotiated, unbeknownst to the president at that time, to get the president to resign because I think of a scandal. If he resigned, then the vice president becomes the president of the United States. <laughs> so he's an unelected okay. president. So the last season was what he did as president, and it's behind the scenes of what, uh, you know, what he was doing to not really line up his own pockets, but um, back and forth, the, the negotiations that he would make. He has a legacy that he want, like Obama, he has a legacy that he wants to leave behind, and his party and the opposing party are fighting him, and he's got allies, he's got enemies. And that's basically what the show is about, the dirty dealings of um, of Washington, D.C. And it's been off oh, the I'll air now. I'll watch it. Oh, yeah, it's interesting. It's very good. Kevin Spacey for the first time, because I, ne- I was never a Kevin Spacey fan. Uh, but the way he portrays his particular character as a Southern, I guess a Southern Dixocrat or a Southern Democrat, um, as a President of the United States, and his wife, Robin Wright, who I never thought was really that good of an actress, Acts the hell out of oh, she's being, good. Uh, an avaricious um, Hillary. She's like Hillary Clinton, only sexy. Okay. <laughs> and when you watch them two together, they're a team trying to put forth their agenda of solidifying their own power. But in the last season, and in especially the last show, they fall apart. She's going to divorce him. So the first show Uh-oh. is going to be a president whose wife is going to divorce him. That's never happened in American history. And right. if you follow the show, it, you know, it, it follows pretty closely what's assumed to be going on behind the scenes in Washington. So it would be an interesting uh, portrayal. So that's interesting. So now who do you think the, these people would nominate to be their vice presidents now that you brought up? The vice, you know, Kevin Spacey being vice president, superseding. Who who do you think Hillary and Bernie and Donald Trump would want as uh, good question? I never thought president. about it. Hmm. I guess I they don't would. I think they really have an idea. You know what? What I think traditionally, whoever the whoever the president chooses to be the vice president, that that person who was chosen is chosen in order to get his particular following. In to vote for the president. So, for example, if Trump is lacking in the Hispanic community, he might uh, select Rubio or Cruz to be his VP so that the the Hispanic followers of Cruz or Rubio would then change their vote from, let's say, Bernie Sanders to Trump. So that's usually why the VP is chosen. Okay. Well, hold on. I got somebody else who want to come in. Hold on. All right, Triple One, welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Hello. Hello, Maze. How are you? 
I'm just fine. Hey, I am, man. Hello, Joe. <laughs> and Mission. I have two things to say. People wonder where they're going to go when, uh, if they want to leave this country. You got a lot of people doing their DNA, and they're getting dual citizenship. Mm-hmm. And your second thing? And then you got a lot of people being thrown out of Africa, so I guess they're going to replace those that have been thrown out. And if you got dual citizenship, you can go to this country and the country where your ancestors come from. As a matter of fact, during the Bush administration, his cabinet members, um, a lot of them had dual citizenship with Israel. And I'm going to uh, be more in his cabinet. The whole Congress got dual citizenship. All of them got dual citizenship. That was, that was, that was the problem. Most of them gone now. And leave them left and yeah. three more of them left. Yeah. Uh, that's why they punishing the man over there in Chicago for that reason. Yeah, Emmanuel, and then chart off of the... Homeland Security, when um, Hurricane, whatever, uh, secu- was so Katrina came in. A, would it be nice if we had to do a citizenship and could travel for half part of two countries? I'm going to do my DNA. <laughs> if I can get mine, too. Cause I do a Sorry, Maze, I didn't hear you. You were breaking Oh, up. I have a passport. Just get, well, I want to do a citizenship. You want to. Okay. Huh? Well, go over there and stay for a certain amount of time. Go over there and stay. Yeah. I never did. <laughs> He had fun when he went. Hopefully it's okay. not the Congo. Excuse me? Hopefully it wouldn't be the Congo. I would well, love I to go in there. I want to find a part where my ancestors came from, so I can do just like some of the other people going back and getting new citizenship. Okay. Because Africa is not where most like people think it is. Like I said, I'm going to Jamaica, so y'all do what you oh. want to. Okay. That's you gonna bring your steel drum with you? Well, it might be a problem where you can go to Cuba. Hang no. They just open the door. That's wrong with it. No. That's Brazil. I think that's Cuba. Yeah. That's not Jamaica. <laughs> I'm going to Jamaica. Y'all, y'all have all that other stuff. You going to go? <laughs> you, what? What part of Jamaica? Oh, Torres. Hey, whatever part got? Nah, I can't say that on the air. But I'm going to Jamaica. <laughs> Out of the country, though, they're going like to Costa Rica, Panama, Ecuador. They're going all over the place. I mean, I've been to Jamaica yeah. quite a few times. I love it there. Oh, yeah. From Jamaica. Yeah, In fact, I'm going this summer. Some people go to Alaska, go to Alaska and all different places. They don't get it, get them going. Mm. I'm thinking about yeah. where I would go. On the water. Just stop and shore and that different different place. Uh-huh. All right, John, I hate to cut it short, but I got okay. thunder going on around me, so I'm going to let y'all get your last bird. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. oh, okay. Can I say something? Did you see the man from Ohio, the one that's running for president, the governor, today? Casey. Yeah, the other guy. That's what I call him, the other guy. What about him? Yeah. Did you see him in Arnold today when he rode the train to Ohio? Not really. When he went to Columbus. Why when would, you see it, we were just You had to see it in order. You had to see it in order to see what I'm talking about. What happened? Oh. Okay, yeah, I saw a funny. little clip where Arnold was speaking, and it irritated me. Yeah. I turned the channel. Are you going to see what the, the young man that introduced him? Uh-uh. The little boy that introduced him. He, said he grew up in a home. Uh, he grew up in a home without a father. And um, uh-huh. and I'm looking at Arnold. I'm saying, you 
you you created one in your home with another woman with your wife. I said, so I ain't gonna have this up reading this stuff off this paper. <laughs> Endorsing him. <laughs> I think that was the funniest thing. <laughs> 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 if you see that post, uh, then you'll see what I mean. I said, like, man, you sitting up here in your own house creating children. And the son that you got had, didn't have a father either. He could have just called back the program and let that little short thing off. Wow. <laughs> okay. The next time you see it, that'll right, do it again. You know, it's over and over again. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. This is lightning. I don't like being on the phone with you either. Yeah, okay. It's like both you. ways. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> uh, all right, Miss Lady, your turn. Oh, no, I just wanted to ask, I mean, going back to tariffs, when, um, about that wall, that Mexican wall, um, so is it that when the goods come back across the wall, there's going to be a tariff or a tax placed on them so the corporations who are having them the goods manufactured over there, they're going to be responsible for the tariff. Is that correct? And is that how the wall is going to be paid for? Is that what's my is that how it's supposed to work? This is okay, going back to probably, yeah, in principle. And actually make it oh. work, I don't know how they're gonna do it, but yeah. Oh, okay. I just wanted to. I didn't know. Okay, I just know I'm not feeling well. I need to. I need to stop talking anyway. But have a good uh, afternoon, everyone. And I did get upset. <laughs> right. I, you know, I didn't mean to like slash and burn. Um, was it Michigan or whatever? But uh-huh. I just just touched a nerve. I'm <clears throat> so anyway, have a good evening. My voice is gone. Okay, you too, Miss Lady. Thank you for calling in. All right, Joe, last but not least. Yeah, take care, Miss Lady. I said that you were probably sick. Uh, You know me. I'm short and sweet. We already said what we had to say. And um, everybody take care until the next time. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. Great show. Great show. Hey, man, we was all over the place. A lot of stuff talked about. That's good. That's good. So we get flow sometimes. Um, we will be on the air Friday, 2 p.m. Central, 3 to 12 Pacific, 1 Mountain Time. You want to get in contact with me in before then? Eric, let's talk at gmail.com. Email me, man. Or if you go to the webpage, ericletstalk.com. Yeah. Those are all the ways. JC, stay out of my chat room causing trouble. Come on the line. So I can shoot you. All right. Blues Unchained, welcome to the show. Glad you can make it. Don't be in my chat room making trouble either. All right. So that's going to do it for me, man. I got to get out of here because thunder is going on and I got to ride. All right. So, but it's been fun. I'll see each and every one of you Friday. Y'all enjoy your day. We're going to take you out of here with some Stevie Wonder. And I'll see y'all Friday. Remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, give with open heart. But make sure you're giving yourself first. And the biggest, best thing, learn to laugh at yourself. You laugh at yourself, everything else is just gravy. All right. Till Friday. Y'all have a good one. I'm out of here. Hold on.
Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.